This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. This is your host, Jared Timms, and I'm joined by the great Brent McGuire. You guys know him from Twitter. Brent, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? I mean, not too bad. I mean, we're, we're watching Angels baseball, which yeah. is cool, but not exactly great. Yes. So just to give you guys a little bit of context behind this podcast, we're getting this little bit of a this giant series preview out a little bit beforehand just because me and Brent were actually able to be in the same house for this. So we figured let's just get a little podcast going here. Talk about this Dodgers series that hasn't looked great. And at the moment, we're sitting in about the seventh inning, eighth inning, and the Angels are down by five. So we're just going to kind of assume at the moment, unless something crazy happens, the Angels will be getting swept by the Dodgers. Um, When we look at the Giants, on the other hand, they look like they're gonna lose to the a's today i think they're down like 13 to nothing or something along the lines of that i think is what we saw the score was but first let's just kind of actually before i do anything brent where can we find you on twitter you can find me at bmags94 perfect yes go follow brent great angels follow he worked with the giants last year so that's kind of why i'm gonna give him a little bit of a giants expertise here in a sense um, and guys, if you like what you're hearing, you guys like this podcast, please go on to Apple music and give us a five star review, but only, only, only if you like what we're doing, you know, don't just go on there and give us a pity five stars though. I do kind of like that. Um, and if you want to go give us a follow, you can follow us on Twitter. We also have a Facebook. It's just going to be ta- Just look up talking halos and we'll, you'll, you'll be able to find us somehow. Um, and if you want to shoot us an email, give us any ideas for this podcast. Shoot us an email at talkinghalos at gmail.com. So the first thing I kind of want to do here, and I think we can do this pretty well, is I guess kind of vent in a sense about this whole Dodgers-Angels series. I mean, they haven't looked great. And if you've been an Angels fan long enough, you remember the Cardinals series back in 2016. And Brent was kind of bringing that up a little bit, saying that this kind of felt the same way. The Angels lost Garrett Richards and Andrew Heaney. I think they got outscored something like 30 to 
five or something like that in the series. And it just was so demoralizing in a sense with this whole thing. And it, it's just been kind of a rough, rough go of things here for the Angels. So, Brent, I know you kind of want to vent about the Angels. You want to just kind of start it off, and I guess we'll kind of ramble on and see where this takes us and then work our way into a Giants preview. I got a couple questions about the Giants, and we'll just kind of make this quick and easy 15, 20-minute podcast. I think it's hard to fathom the idea that the Angels like might not make the playoffs in this condensed season where they're, you know, half the teams are going to be in the playoffs. I mean, I know it's been talked about this morning that the Angels have lower playoff odds than the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, they have a worse record than teams that were losing 100-plus games like consistently over the last two years. And I just I don't know if I have an explanation for this. I mean, they're about to be 7-15, and 15, and that's just... It's like Jared just said, like he brought up demoralizing, and that's kind of what it feels like. I mean, I I don't know. Jared and I have kind of talked about, you know, some of the stats behind the Angels, and you look just kind of like across the roster, and to be fair, they should probably be a little closer to 500. Like their Pythagorean record is, you know, closer to 500 than the 7 and 15 record they're about to have. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because they're still losing these games. And, I just, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what's the explanation for this. I mean, the offense looks good. The rotation has done okay. The bullpen's whatever. I mean, I just, I don't know. I mean, we were fairly confident about this team coming into the season. We were like, okay, like, the very least, you think this team's going to be around 500, competing you know, for a playoff spot. And especially in this new format, you think that they're going to definitely find a way to make the playoffs. And we don't even know if that's going to happen. We haven't seen, obviously this game isn't over yet. They could come back and win, but I imagine that their playoff odds are going to drop below 20% after this game. And I don't know, man, it's, it's gotta be demoralizing as an Angels fan. It's like they tried to add to this roster. It looks like a pretty competitive group coming into the season, but I mean, a seven and 15 start in a 60 game season. I just, I don't know if they can come back from that. Yeah, no, it's, it's just been tough. And I think the, one thing you can kind of take from that is i don't know you know like you look at the roster and it's it's a good roster like and the hitting's been fine you know the hitting is where we thought it was going to be i mean it's been kind of hit or miss a little bit but you see during this dodger series the hitting's been above average you know they're they're kind of back to their normal ways uh the bullpen hasn't been horrible it hasn't been great starting pitching hasn't been horrible it hasn't been great it, it feels like it's been enough but like I just like there's something missing and you just can't put your finger on it yet. And it's just it's been rough yet. I mean, you look at this Dodgers series and it's they face three really, really good pitchers. I mean, with Dustin Mays, a rookie and Walker Bueller hasn't been there yet. But at the end of everybody's career, like you could say, like Walker Bueller may be in the Hall of Fame contention. Dustin May may be in Hall of Fame contention. I mean, that's way beyond what we know at the moment. But like Clayton Kershaw is going to be a Hall of Famer. So. When you look back at it, you could probably possibly say that the Angels might have faced three Hall of Famers during the series. And I mean, they hit them fairly well. I mean, they, they, Kershaw took it to him. I'll say that. And I mean, Walker Bueller wasn't Walker Bueller of the past. And Angels, I think, I, I think they had a good approach against Dustin May. They hit him decently hard. They didn't have a lot of balls fall in, but I think they hit Dustin May pretty hard. But I mean, going back to it, it's just been like, I don't know. You know, it's who do you, who do you blame at this point? I mean, are you going to blame Joe Madden? It's hard to do that because he's not playing. You, you can't keep blaming Billy Epler for all this stuff because, I mean, he's put a really good team on this on the field. I mean, at some point, 
when does leadership step up? You know, I mean, that's that's the key thing for me. It's just something that we haven't haven't seen. I don't know. I mean, we're not in the clubhouse by any means. We're not in the dugout. But it just feels like there is a leadership issue on this team, and I don't know if that is like even possible, possibly the case here. But that's just what it feels like to me. I don't know about you. Like, there's just no leadership on this team right now at all. It's that's a point that I've definitely thought more about, and like, quite frankly, I just I don't know how we can ever get to a point where we can properly measure something like leadership. But yeah, I mean, I. So I kind of want to fight back a little bit on the Epler thing. Like, you know, I'm a big Epler fan. I really am. Like, I have kind of agreed with his approach up to this point. I think he's like, let's be fair to him. He took over an organization that was just just in shit shape, like just top to bottom. It was not looking good. You know, 2016 was rough and he's done a lot of good things. But again, like at the end of the day, he's going to be through five years as Angels GM, and unless things change in a hurry, all of those years are going to be under 500. All of those years are not going to involve being in the playoffs. And while we might agree with the approach, like I think there are a lot of things he's done well to try to build a farm system, acquiring Otani, and like all these types of things. At the end of the day, you've got to win. And just how, how many years do you give Epler at this point? I, like This is a weird year. It's it's a difficult year to evaluate for so many obvious reasons, but if they can't make the playoffs in this, you know, eight teams per league format, I mean, I just, I don't know, but I do, I do wonder about the leadership thing you call the question because this team has been through different managers, different GMs, you know, all sorts of different people throughout this past decade or so, and the results have generally stayed the same. So. I don't know. I I don't think I have a good answer for this. This it's just it's perplexing that they're going to be seven and fifteen. I I don't know if I have a great answer. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I would even go as far, and I don't believe in this mumbo jumbo hocus pocus, but I think this team's cursed. <laughs> I really, really, really do. I mean, I just don't know. Like you look at everything that's happened in the past. I mean, you want to go back to Nick Aidenhart when you think like a curse actually started? I don't know how a curse even happened. Or Kendrick Morales getting hurt? Or, I mean, like, I, I just don't, I don't know. There's so many things you could bring up and it's just like, it just makes too much sense. I mean, it's such a bad excuse to say that this team's cursed when you look at teams like the Chicago Cubs and the Boston Red Sox or the White Sox even. Or, I mean, anybody like that who's legitimately, I think, is cursed. You, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like there's, there is, I just don't have an ex like I'm getting a headache just thinking about this right now. Like I just can't like, I can't fathom it. Like you should be able to put a good team. I don't, I don't know. I just don't get it. Like there's just nothing that I can explain. And I don't think anybody like you could talk. I'm not going to speak for them at all, but you could probably talk to Fabian. You could talk to, you know, Maria, Jeff, you know, anybody that's associated with the angels. And they're just going to say, I don't really get it. You know, like this team is better than what they are. Is it the clubhouse issue? Is it, I don't, I just, I just don't know. So I think, are we kind of done venting here as we're watching the angels continue to yeah, kind of lose Yeah, I, I think we can talk about the, our next team just because we know the, we know things might be a little bit better this coming week. Yes. Yes, definitely. I think they could probably get a little bit better. The angels are going to play four against the San Francisco giants, two at home, two up in San Francisco, which is a lot of fun. Um, I guess we kind of both have ties in a sense to the Giants and it's 
it's kind of fun. I, I enjoy playing the Giants. It was one of the first games to, that I was able to see not at Angel Stadium. I saw the Giants play. I know you have family up in San Francisco, Brent. And I guess the first question I'll ask, I mean, what ties do you have to the Giants? You know, there are a lot of, you know, especially last year, uh, Jared mentioned when I was, I was working with them as an intern last year. I mean, it's actually kind of amazing that I didn't end up as a Giants fan. My dad was born and raised up in Foster City. My grandpa still lives there. Family all over that whole area. So I grew up just appreciating what they were doing. And they were kind of always like that second team for me, especially during the 2002 World Series. But those ties have always been there. And, you know, you just add in those World Series wins that they had this past decade. You know, Barry Bonds was so fun to watch. It's a fun ballpark, fun atmosphere, fun organization. I mean, there's so much to like about them. So, like, again, it's it's pretty remarkable that I, I didn't end up as a Giants fan. And based on our conversation we just had about the Angels, maybe... Maybe I picked the maybe I picked the wrong team. I don't know. <laughs> no. Yes, I know. I mean, yeah. But okay, on to the Giants series. It looks like, like I said, we're gonna have a four game set, two at home in Anaheim, two up in San Francisco. At the moment, it looks like the Angels will be throwing I can't say in any particular order because I have no idea what the rotation really kind of looks like, but Bundy, Canning, um, Sandoval, and Andrew Heaney look like they're gonna be the guys to go for the Angels and some particular order or they could possibly throw in a bullpen game or something along the lines of that unless something changes and it looks like on the other hand the giants will counteract with tyler anderson uh, johnny cueto kevin gosman and our good friend longtime angel native trevor cahill brent pitching wise for the giants i mean actually the first question that i'll kind of get into is what similarities do we see here with these two teams? I mean, they have very similar records. The Giants are going to be coming into this 8 and 15. It looks like the Angels will be 7 and 15. I mean, are there besides that the big, you know, record? What are the comparisons that we see? I pulled up the Fangraphs leaderboards and <laughs> immediately the thing that pops out, both teams have two elite players. Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon and Mike Gersenski and Donovan Solano, all of those players are like top 15 in baseball and war. So maybe that's where the similarities end because you kind of look at the, <laughs> you look at the rest of the, the roster and it, it's actually, it's baffling that the Angels are going to be a half game behind the Giants entering this series. I mean, I, I just praise the Giants and I love everything about that organization and they treated me great, all that stuff, but they're just, they're not a good team right now. They are in that post world series, you know, period where you could probably argue that they probably should have started to retool a little bit more and they didn't. And then they got to a point where their roster was just riddled with, you know, overpriced, underperforming players. Their farm system was in dire shape. It was just really bad. And they're still trying to, to rebound from that. So like essentially Farhan Zaidi is in his second year and his, his thing has just basically been, dumpster diving he's been trying to find you know former top prospects or interesting players like we i just brought up Yastrzemski and solano those are both guys that he basically got for nothing so he's still it, their rosters it, it's very weird they're some of these remnants of like their world series teams you've still got guys like brandon crawford and brandon belt pablo sandoval but it's just not a good roster, so I'm sure we'll get into this, but this should be a pretty winnable series. 
Yes, no, definitely. And actually, the next couple of guys that I want to get into is going to be Mike Yastrzemski, who, yes, is the big guy, Carl Yastrzemski's son, a grandson, I think, right? Yep. That's a cool fact to have. And then also Donovan Solano. I mean, I know we don't watch too many games of the Giants that you probably watch a little bit more than I do. What's going on with these guys? Like, you're not playing in a hitter's park, yet they're hitting pretty well. And, you know, I mean, I, I just, it's kind of crazy. So I'm kind of looking at their separate pages right now. Um, I'll talk about Donovan Solano first because I want to, like, as a baseball fan, like, you want to root for a guy who he's hitting 414 right now. Like, seeing a guy hit 400, even if it's in this condensed season, it just it sounds fun. But I'm, I just I don't think I believe in it, but I don't know because he Donovan Solano also hit 330 last year. This wasn't just like a, you know, it's not just a 20-game sample. He was doing this last year, too, in kind of a part-time role. Um, I, I'm i still not on board with him being like a legit, like, 330 hitter, but he's been doing that for the last, you know, two years. So, I don't know. Kind of exciting to see him and Charlie Blackman, like, actually contending for that 400 batting average. But on to Mike Yastrzemski, I mean, he, he's legit good. He was worth two wins last year. Giants basically got him for nothing right before the start of the season. He was really fun to watch. And I wasn't sure how good he'd be this year because he was a 28-year-old who didn't really have a great minor league track record. But you look at his numbers this year, and he's been even better. And it's not just the power, necessarily. I'm looking at his his walk rate, and that's it's staggering. I mean, his walk rate is up 10%, and that's like a that's a big change for a guy like that. So that's a guy to look forward to in this series. I mean, he's Tied for with Fernando Tatis Jr. in wins above replacement right now in all of baseball. Like I don't know, man. He's he's good. I think he's 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 a fun player. Yeah, I know definitely. And I think kind of I want to scale back a little bit here. And you look at guys like Donovan Solano and Mike Yastrzemski. Can't speak. We'll just call him Yaz. Yaz is I, yeah. I was gonna. I said that before the this podcast too. I said I was gonna call him Yaz. I try to call Yastrzemski. Can't do it. We're just gonna call him Yaz from now on. You look at guys like that, and the Giants have gotten lucky like that. Okay, yes, the Angels have gotten lucky. They got lucky with Bundy and Brian Goodwin, but they hit really, like, they're not getting that elite luck like teams that are really good are. I wonder if that has something to do with it, too. You look at the Dodgers and how they've brought players in and gotten pretty dang lucky. You look at even the Yankees getting a little bit lucky in a sense with it. It's like, at some point, you think that luck may have a little bit to do with it. I know I kind of went back to the Angels here as we're talking about the Giants, but just kind of something that popped into my head. I don't know. I mean, see luck, maybe. I mean, maybe it's obviously there's obvious skill involved, but there is like there's almost an art to trying to like you know I used this term earlier, but dumpster dive. I mean, you got to be kind of good at that too. And I think that's if we're going back to the Giants right now, that's basically what Farhan Zaidi's trying to do right now, and that's what he did in the past with the A's and the Dodgers. He was kind of responsible for trying to find talent where other teams necessarily weren't seeing it. So I think kind of a forewarning to Angels fans coming into the series. It'll be fun to watch the games at Oracle Park because, you know, it's a great stadium. But the Giants are just, they're not a fun team to watch. They're they're not good. They're not fun. It's just a, I don't know. This, like I said earlier, this should be a wonderful series. You'd you'd like to hope so. I mean, with... You, we, the Angels fans thought that the Rangers series was just going to be a winnable series as well. I mean, they thought that a lot of series would be winnable series. And for some reason, just in the past, as long as I can remember, the Angels just seem to make 
bad teams look really good. And I don't understand why that happens, how that happens. I don't know if it's a mindset that comes into it, but that just seems like, and you get, even with like players that are slumping, you look at this Dodgers series and Cody Bellinger was slumping pretty hard and he's coming to this and he's now just, oh, we're not slumping anymore because he's facing the Angels. It just kind of seems to happen that way against the Angels. I don't, I couldn't tell you why that does. It probably happens with other teams just as much. We just don't see it, but I don't know. It just seems like something that always, always happens with the Angels. So back on to uh, uh, one last question here for you, Brent. I mean, Oracle Park is fantastic and everything. You were with them last year up there. What is kind of, if you see any real differences between last year's team, this year's team, I know Buster Posey's not there because he opted out. I mean, are there any similarities, any differences? I mean, why, why haven't they traded away, you know, some of their pitching if they're rebuilding? I mean, what, what, do we, what are we working with here? Why, what are the differences? So I think, I mean, the biggest difference, obviously, is no Bruce Bochy, no Buster Posey, no Madison Bumgarner. It's, it's very weird to watch a team that doesn't have, you know, not just one of those guys, but all three of those guys. I mean, that was like, that was the core of those title teams. So it, it's weird not seeing those guys there but you know at the same time both of them are not as good as they used to be so nothing has changed as far as really the talent goes um it's just it's a roster that has a lot of turnover that was something that happened a lot last year i cannot tell you how many acquisitions were happening like daily it was just like up and down up and down up and down and they were like I said earlier, they're trying to see what sticks. They're trying to use as many players as possible. So I think, you know, similarities for these, you know, this year's team and last year's team essentially is Mike Yastrzemski and Donovan Solano. And that's, and that's really it. I mean, there's been a lot of turnover and I don't know. I don't think I have much more to offer than, than that. No, I mean, like I said, you were, you were with the team last year. You kind of, you, you watch them on a daily basis. So I just kind of wanted to get a feel on what it looked like then. And, you know, in a sense, what it kind of looked like now without, I mean, you said it right, without the big three that really led them to World Series championships. I mean, you lose those guys. You lose Bruce Bochy, who's probably going to be a Hall of Fame manager. I mean, winning three titles in six years. And I can't, I, I'm assuming he had to have won. He might have won another one, maybe won a couple as a player. I can't, honestly, I haven't even, I would never have looked up Bruce Bochy player stats so I, I i don't know but he definitely has three world series wins as a manager you'd have to assume he's probably going to go in to the hall of fame as a manager at some point buster posey one of the best catchers of all time you know he's going to go into the hall of fame at some point in his career madison bumgardner one of the best postseason pitchers of all time i mean you remember what he's done so i mean to lose those three guys is so big and it's you know it, it's it kind of is what it is, especially with this year. And, you know, we've seen Baumgartner not look all that great in Arizona. He's on the IL right now. Buster Posey maybe been declining, you know, a little bit, but it's still Buster Posey. And Bruce Bochy, however, you know, you want to take it as a manager, whether he contributes to the team or not, you know, like I said, losing those three is huge. So let's get on to our predictions. Brent, what do you got for this four-game set? I wish you can call it a four-game set for all intents and purposes. Yeah, uh, I I really want to be optimistic here. I want to think that they're going to go into the series and they're going to win it. They're going to win three or four. I mean, a sweep would be great, but I, at this point, I will take three or four games. Three or four. I like that, but I'm going to say the Angels are going to get swept. No. Come on. They're going to get it swept? Makes two, it just is 
makes too much sense. And first off, you know, it's the opposite jinx. Is that even an opposite jinx? Yeah, is it actually the, the, the anti jinx? Anti jinx. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I okay. mean, the, they're not going to get swept. There's no, there's no way you can get swept. Then again, we said that during the Rangers series, but there's no way you can get swept by the, by the Giants. If, but that is an Angels thing to do. Dude, if they get swept, they're what seven and nineteen, right? Yeah, yeah. No, not happening. No. Okay, they're they're gonna win the series. Okay, realistically, I'll say they at worst split it, but I think they take three or four, if not sweep against the Giants. I mean, the Angels on paper and what they're gonna throw up there. You're gonna get a win from Bundy. You know, you're gonna find other ways to beat this team. So. When it's all said and done, I'll say they at least split against the Giants, if not take three of four, if not sweep the Giants. So Yeah, I mean, one last note on that. They kind of need to win this series because they play three games in Oakland next week, and then they play four against Houston, who, granted, hasn't played very well, but you have to think that some still, of those guys are Houston. about to start turning it around, and it's just it's a hard rest of the schedule. All right, guys, so before we go, Brent, any final thoughts about uh, Angels baseball in general? I'll, I'll probably have you on another podcast eventually here, but just final thoughts. Anything? Yeah, I mean, we're all used to this. I think that's probably the best way to put this. We all, we're all Angels fans who kind of come into the season with hopeful expectations, hoping that this is the year that it's going to turn around, and it definitely looks like another year where it's not going to turn around, but there's any any hope it's the fact that even after this loss today they're probably going to be four games back of a playoff spot they just need to play decently well for the rest of the year to get themselves close to 500 so we've got that but obviously there are bigger problems at hand i mean we're dating back to last year this team has just not played very well i mean dating back to 2016 i mean we've it's a long track record right now so i want to be optimistic i want to think that they're going to turn it around, find a way to be one of the top eight teams in the playoffs. And if they can't do that, then, well, we're going to go into the offseason with the same expectations for next year. Yeah, you know, I mean, and if, you, if, you're, if you're sitting here listening to this and like, why are these guys so calm about the Angels? It's because we've watched them. We've almost, we've probably watched almost every single game of the Angels for the past 10 years, which again is not you know, uncommon for fans or whatever you want to call us, writers of the team, you know, Brent worked with The Athletic, um, you know, whatever you want to call myself and Brent, but we get it, you know, we understand what this whole thing is and it's just kind of an unfortunate situation. Like, we we just used to Angels baseball and how it kind of works, so that's why we stay so calm during this time, you know, it's, you're going to have your ups and downs, we've been around when the Angels are good, we've been around when the Angels have not been so lucky, so... On that note, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. Um, like I said, if you have any questions, shoot us an email at talkinghalos at gmail.com. Shoot us a, a follow uh, at myself or Brent. Brent, again, where can we find you on Twitter? And where, where can we find your work, too? I totally forgot to mention that. No, you're good. You can find me at bmags94 on Twitter. And if you want to find my writing, I am at crashingthepearlygates.com. Yes, go follow all of that stuff. Uh, They do great work there as well. So guys, from me and Brent, have a great and safe day.
can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.